Good morning and welcome to Simply Science. It's Tuesday, January 30th. On today's show, we explore the secrets of the microbiome on the skin and witness the vertical lift of Space Shuttle Endeavor at the California Science Center. Plus, Emory University researchers imagine a new approach to the science of aging. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Science. We start off with a fascinating topic. The trillions of microbes living on and inside our bodies play a significant role in our lives, mediating our interactions with the environment, determining our cancer risk, and even influencing our romantic choices. Scientists are just beginning to understand the species of bugs we share our existence with and how they shape us. In the final part of a Science Weekly miniseries, Julie Thornton, academic director of the Center for Skin Sciences and professor in cutaneous biology at the University of Bradford, discusses the skin microbiome. Here to delve deeper into this topic is our correspondent, Bella. Can you tell us more about the skin microbiome and its importance? Certainly, David. The skin microbiome refers to the community of microorganisms, including bacteria, fungi, and viruses that inhabit our skin. It varies across different parts of our bodies and plays a crucial role in various functions, such as wound healing and immunity. It's a fascinating field of study, and scientists like Julie Thornton are working to understand its complexities and how we can protect it from the disruptive impact of modern life. Interesting. Can you elaborate on how the skin microbiome varies across our bodies? The skin microbiome isn't uniform across our bodies. Different areas of our skin provide different environments and thus host different communities of microbes. For instance, the microbes found on dry areas like the forearm differ from those in moist areas like the underarm. These variations are due to factors such as skin temperature, pH, sebum content, and exposure to external elements. And how does the skin microbiome contribute to wound healing and immunity? The skin microbiome plays a vital role in wound healing by preventing the colonization of pathogenic microbes and maintaining a balanced microbial community. It also contributes to our immunity by educating our immune system about friendly and harmful microbes, thus helping to protect us from infections. So how can we protect our skin microbiome from the disruptive impact of modern life? Modern lifestyle factors, such as the use of harsh soaps and detergents, excessive hygiene practices, and exposure to pollutants can disrupt the skin microbiome. To protect it, experts recommend using gentle, pH-balanced skincare products, avoiding unnecessary antibiotic use, and maintaining a healthy diet and lifestyle. Thanks for that health update, Bella. Now, Let's shift our gaze skyward. In an awe-inspiring maneuver, Space Shuttle Endeavour is being lifted by a 450-foot crane into the site of the future Samuel Oshin Air and Space Center in downtown Los Angeles. This will be the permanent home of the retired orbiter that stands five stories tall, has a wingspan of 78 feet, and weighs 170,000 pounds. Here with more on this is our correspondent, Celeste. Can you tell us more about this operation? Certainly, David. The operation began around 9.30 p.m. PT, with Endeavour being lifted by the nose by the 450-foot crane, with a second, smaller crane for added support. The shuttle will be moved over the partial structure of the new center 
and slowly into liftoff position, where it will be attached to a 65,000-pound external fuel tank and a pair of solid rocket boosters. That sounds like a complex operation. How was it planned? The move was meticulously planned with help from NASA engineers. They considered an approach that would involve backing the orbiter into the facility and then lifting it to the vertical position. But the chosen option was deemed safer and offered more control. The maneuver had to be executed when there was almost no wind and at night to avoid atmospheric pressure differences caused by the sun. And how did the space shuttle Endeavour end up in California? The space shuttle arrived in California in 2012, mounted atop a Boeing 747 that landed at LAX. It then completed a 12-mile journey across the streets of Los Angeles to the California Science Center. Since then, an estimated 18 million people have visited the orbiter while in a temporary display. What can you tell us about the future Samuel Austin Air and Space Center? The groundbreaking for the 20-story Samuel Austin Air and Space Center was in the spring of 2022, and the building is expected to be completed in mid-2025. The California Science Center Foundation is actively fundraising to complete the 200,000-square-foot structure, having raised $360 million of its $400 million goal. It sounds like a significant addition to the California Science Center. What else can we expect to see there in the future? The California Science Center is located in Exposition Park, which has some exciting future residents planned, including George Lucas's Lucas Museum for Narrative Art. Thanks for the insights, Celeste. Speaking of looking forward, the California Science Center in Exposition Park is on the verge of realizing a dream that was conceived 30 years ago. They are in the process of lifting the space shuttle Endeavour from its horizontal position into a vertical ready-for-launch position. This complex process involves hoisting the massive shuttle over a wall with two cranes and then carefully attaching it to the existing external tank and its rocket boosters. Here to discuss this further is our correspondent, James. Can you tell us more about this project? Certainly, David. This project began as a pipe dream in 1992 and has since evolved into a reality. The idea was to acquire a retired space shuttle and put it into launch position. The retired shuttle is fragile and must be perfectly aligned, but once the installation is completed, it will be the only place in the world where you can see a complete space shuttle system in launch position using all real hardware. That's quite an achievement. What will happen once the space shuttle is in its final position? Once the 20-story display is in its final position, it will serve as the centerpiece of the new 200,000-square-foot Samuel Oshjin Air and Space Center. This will double the Science Center's educational exhibit space. The Endeavour, which completed 25 trips to space before it was retired in 2012, has been in a temporary hangar for the last 11 years, where space enthusiasts have marveled at its design and engineering. What is the significance of this display for the public and for the field of space exploration? Kenneth Phillips, curator for aerospace science, who has worked on the project from the start, believes that this display will bring space travel to life. He hopes that visitors will realize that the complexities of space travel are based on a few basic principles, and that understanding these principles can lead to a deeper understanding of space exploration. In his words, this was the vehicle 
that really made us very proficient as a space-exploring civilization. That's certainly a display that will inspire and educate many. Thanks for the insights, James. Speaking of education, let's shift our focus to a recent special issue where Professor Marconi from the School of Medicine's Division of Infectious Diseases and Professor of Global Health in the Rollins School of Public Health challenges the traditional focus of biomedical research on individual aging-related diseases. Instead, he advocates for a science that examines healthy aging perspectives across the whole human being. Here to delve deeper into this topic is our correspondent from Simply Science. Indeed, David. Marconi's research began years ago with a study involving 60 individuals who were responding well to their HIV treatment. The study compared a meditation program with a holistic healthcare education program. Interestingly, the meditation program not only improved measures of well-being and reduced stress levels, but it also improved markers of inflammation. That's fascinating. So how does Marconi define healthy aging? Marconi's view of healthy aging is twofold. Firstly, he emphasizes the importance of valuing the well-being and contributions of individuals over the age of 65, rather than focusing on extending the maximum lifespan of a human being. Secondly, he advocates for holistic approaches to improve health span and quality of life by reducing the emergence and severity of age-associated comorbidities. How widespread is this holistic approach in aging science currently? While it was considered a fringe discussion a decade ago, the idea has gained traction over the years. For instance, Emory started a program called the Predictive Health Institute, which focuses on comprehensive health care and aims to revise medical school education with a holistic approach to health, wellness, and prevention. Studying all the influences on aging seems like a complex task. How does Marconi approach this scientifically? Marconi uses a three-pronged approach. Firstly, a traditional epidemiologic approach is used adjusting models for clinical and demographic factors. Secondly, unsupervised approaches such as AI or machine learning are employed to run thousands of different analyses. Lastly, a modified approach between the first two is used to identify key pathways that are critical to multiple functions throughout the body. The findings from all three approaches are then triangulated. What kind of holistic interventions does Marconi suggest can impact the aging process? Marconi suggests interventions that address various aspects of a person's physiological and psychological well-being. For instance, meditation, which has been shown to reduce stress, improve concentration, and enhance problem-solving skills. And how receptive are researchers from different disciplines to this call for more research on these approaches? While most of Marconi's collaborators embrace a holistic approach, some still need more encouragement. However, it's encouraging to see many clinical and even basic scientists open to a holistic approach to healthcare interventions or the underlying biology. That was Simply Science reporter Michael shedding light on the shift towards a holistic approach in aging science. With that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Science. We'll see you back here tomorrow.